Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus Murray from Black, Married, and Debt Free. And yes, you have heard correctly. Shira Murray and I have decided to step out into the podcast world to share with you some really, really dope content. For those of you who do not follow us on our YouTube channel, shameless plug, Shira and I are a 30-something millennial couple that paid off over $110,000 in debt in 2017. And we are passionate about sharing exactly how we did that with others. In this episode, we'll be sitting down with host of the Monetize Everything podcast, George Pitts. George is a business and finance coach, a real estate investor, and an all-around hustler. George is all about encouraging others to take their gifts and their specified knowledge to help others while monetizing everything. Prepare to be inspired. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we have a very special guest on the podcast today, my friend, my brother, George Pitts. The thing about I love about George is on his Instagram, you know, very seldom do you follow someone on Instagram and it seems like everything they post, you agree with 100%. Well, George is that guy for me. He posts stuff and I'm just like, yes, I totally agree. I totally feel that. George is a entrepreneur. He is a coach. Uh, he is a real estate investor and just an all around great guy. So we wanted to bring him on this podcast to share his story, to inspire you all. So George, what's going on, man? Hey man, what's going on? How you guys doing today? Doing great, Good. doing great. Glad to have you on. Man, I'm loving you guys' podcast right now, man. I am loving it right now, man. And I was I was so excited when you guys asked me to be on because I'm a fan. And so it's 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 man, it's just crazy, man. I'm loving it. So I appreciate you guys for for the invite. Oh no, no doubt, man. We appreciate it. George, so we wanted to start off uh with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and everything you have going on. Sure, yeah. So uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm married. Uh we, we just had our first child two years ago, uh June 15th, after trying for for seven years. And um, so really excited about that. Uh, we have a few, a couple of real estate properties that we that we rent and that we own. Um, we also have a property preservation business. That's something we started about a year ago. And what that is is basically where we get we have a couple of national contracts with a few companies who, um, when houses get foreclosed on, they uh, the banks contract out to these particular national companies to go and basically manage those properties, secure those properties until they get them ready to auction um, off um, during the um, during the actual, after the foreclosure. So we go in, we have crews that go and like cut the lines, change the locks, take pictures of the inside outside, give quotes to um, move some of the stuff. So that's one of the, the businesses that we have. And I also have my um, IT consulting business. Um, I've been a uh, an IT systems engineer by trade for many years. 
And I leveraged that um, that background to start my own IT consulting business. And uh, basically what we do is we manage uh, the IT infrastructure for small businesses who can't afford to hire like full-time staff or like a very experienced systems administrator or, you know, high level person to manage like servers and data and things like that. So we, we go in and we offer a, you know, a much more lower cost um, service to these uh to these small businesses to pretty much manage their IT services. So we got our hands in a little bit of everything, but um, that's what I love. I love to stay busy, um, love to be active in that area and just, you know, building an inheritance for my children's children. Man, that's that's awesome, George. That's what it's all about, man. And, and just for full disclosure, uh, I love how you say you were involved in IT. Guys, we were having a bit of uh, some technical difficulties <laughs> to start this podcast. And George hopped in and was like, you yes. know what? Hey, let, 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 let me help you out, you know, so <laughs> appreciate it. That, that, that's amazing, George. Now, now, George, can you share with us and our listeners a little bit of your upbringing and kind of what, if you'd like to know what happened or what uh, maybe sparked your entrepreneurial efforts or your mindset when it comes to money. So can you take us back and, and tell us a little bit about the genesis of everything? Yeah, yeah. So um, when I first started out, um, I've always been like an entrepreneur, um, you know, in my neighborhood. So I, so let me step back. So I was raised by my grandparents. Um, my parents were, were in and out of our lives, but we were raised by my mother's uh, mother and my step-grandfather, who's just always been my grandfather. And so they always instilled in us. We weren't, you know, taught about finances. We weren't taught about business or anything like that. One of the things that my grandmother always taught us is no matter where you go or who you with, always make sure you have your own money. That was about the premise of the financial teaching that I got in my upbringing. Just always make sure you have your own money um, and always make sure that you're not depending on someone else to pay your way. Um, and so because we didn't have a lot of money, my, my grandfather passed away when I was uh, nine. And so my grandmother, you know, raised us on her widow pension. And so there wasn't a lot of money to go around. We didn't get to do a lot of things. So what happened was I started my own little lawn business. I'd go door to door and I would ask to mow people's lawns. And before I knew it, I started having like people and like kids that I was friends with, like, hey, you go mow this lawn, I'm gonna give you 10 bucks. And I would get 20 from it, pay them 10. And so I had like a little lawn service. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, this lady that was a neighbor was talking about, uh, how she sold Avon and stuff. And so, cause I was going around door to door selling like little Boy Scout stuff. Cause I was in yeah. Boy Scouts and she was like, yeah, I do this for Avon. And I was like, huh? And I was, and I was I'm like 13 at this time. And I was like, Hey, is that something I could do? She's like, yeah, it's $5 to join. And so I joined and I started going door to door selling Avon. And I remember I got like my first little $20 check and I thought it was just the biggest thing in the world. So, um, you know, fast forward a few years later, kind of what really shifted my focus was I got in high school, I was 16 and my mom, um, I got herself together and, um, you know, was around more and I remember she worked two jobs and she worked uh, Monday through Friday at this chlorine plant and she worked Saturday and Sunday as a housekeeper at this hotel. And so I remember um, her going to work and she was just talking about how tired she was. I remember when she got out of the car, she just looked so tired. And I remember saying like, you know, I don't want to ever work that hard, but I also want to make sure that she doesn't have to work that hard because I saw how hard she was working and she was just really trying. And um, so I remember I went to a friend of mine who his dad had owned a demolition company and uh, in a construction business. And so I had asked if I could get a job with them and, and they ended up, 
getting me on. And so I asked, like, you know, how can I learn how to do some of this stuff to, to kind of start, like, you know, a business to help? And um, he was just he just kind of gave me the runaround about it and stuff and, and really didn't want to help me. And so um, fast forward, you know, I just started to get this thing of where, you know, every time I would work for someone, it was like, oh, we have to do a layoff because of this. Or And this was at a young age, it's like 16, 17. Hey, the laws change. You can't work in this restaurant anymore because our kitchen is technically behind the bar. And because you have to be 21 in a bar, you can't work here, even though you work in the kitchen. And then after that, it was this other company that we went to work for. It was a call center that did calls for AT&T. AT&T decided to open up their own call center uh, about an hour and a half away. So they laid us off there. So I've seen all this layoffs and I was like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And so I've always started, I just started to focus on really starting my own thing. So like in the evenings and weekends, like after I work, I would put on like little uh, parties for people who couldn't get into clubs. So I would go and rent like the this this building um, that was an Ambux building. And um, I would have like, the, like I would turn it into a club for people that were under 18 that couldn't get into a club. And I just started doing different things like that. And um, that's kind of how, you know, I really started to see, like, I can make my own money out here. And, uh, you know, I started matching what I was making in a full time job. And it just I got addicted to it after that. Yes, that's awesome. I I like the the lesson that that your grandmother taught you to always have your own money. Yeah. And I think that is so important. And one thing that we notice about your brand is you talk about monetizing everything. And so can you speak to the, the importance of that? Um, we know a lot of people when they're getting started, they want to give away their services for free or they don't see the value that they even bring to the to the marketplace. But um, can you can you speak a little bit to that to that mindset? I would love to. So I believe that every skill set that anybody has is valuable. If you know how to wash dishes really well, that is valuable to a restaurant. If you know how to cook, that is valuable to a restaurant. If you know how to sell, that's valuable to many places that do sell. So the thing is, is that most people don't realize their full potential. And, you know, whenever I say monetize everything, you know, everything you have is valuable. When I look at uh, when I look at individuals and you see people that are writing books on their experiences of purchasing their first house or fixing their credit or going through and starting their first business, those are experiences that they're valuing and monetizing. If you've got experience on, you know, getting into the IT field, there's people that want to learn how to do that. You can monetize that. If you've got experience doing hair on the side and and, and marketing yourself, even though that's not something you do full time, but you make good money from it, that is valuable for people who have a beauty supply license, who don't have one, but is really good with hair. All that stuff is valuable because the way that I look at stuff, and this is the mindset that you got to have, there is someone praying to get to the place that you are right now. Right. Always somebody. There's right. someone that's praying to, to lose 100 pounds and you've, got, you've done that before. There's someone praying to, you know, get the right husband or the right wife and you've done that before. And there's people that are willing to pay for your experience to bypass all the trials and tribulations and the, downs, the downfalls of getting to it. There are people who see value in information. Um, the, I think the thing that people have to understand is that, uh, for one, it's not going to happen overnight. And two, why not? you? Because you've got two people. You've got the people that if it doesn't happen the same week that they do it, that they give up. And you got the people that are like, well, who's going to pay me to do that? 
And you just got to understand that, you know, when Steve Jobs or whenever Jeff Bezos started Amazon, you know, why? People were probably asking, why would I order something online and wait so many days for it to get here when I can just go to Walmart and get it the same day? And now it's become more convenient to wait two days than it is to wait a couple of extra minutes in line to get into Walmart. There's people that's like, I don't want to fight with a parking spot and I don't want to wait 20 minutes just to check my stuff out. I'll wait the two days. Like, there's people that will wait 48 hours to avoid spending an hour in Walmart. So the thing is, is that when you are building your brand or whenever you are monetizing everything, you've got to go in there with that mindset that this is the value that I'm going to bring for you because everything has a value. Everything has a value. Walmart has a value and you can get that instant gratification right now if you're patient. Amazon has that value. You can still get that instant gratification quick if you can be patient. So, you know, the mindset that you've got to have is everything you know is valuable. Uh, You've got to decide what you feel you're most strong in, because I think if you're going to start something new, especially something you haven't done before, you want to put your best foot forward. So if you are stronger in the area of, you know, finance than you are in the area of, you know, starting a business, then I'd say start with finance first because you're going to be more comfortable with it. Um, You're going to be able to come off as an expert. You're going to speak with a lot more confidence. And as you build that business, that weak part of your business part that this kind of second will get stronger because this business up here is developing and you're building more confidence is bringing this thing that you're kind of holding off on introducing to be more stronger when you bring it to the forefront. Wow, that's 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 amazing, George. And to anyone listening, I mean, there were so many nuggets dropped there uh, about just knowing your value. And like George said, uh, there's someone who wants to be where you are. So you have something that you can offer uh, people. So I think that's that's amazing. Now, George, uh, you also run the Monetize Everything podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love listening to that. I drive sometimes on my job and I'll, I'll pop that on and just before I know it, I've listened to like three or four episodes. So <laughs> uh, we see that you do, you know, you have a lot of different jobs that you do. Coaching is one of the, the things that the entrepreneurial efforts. Can you speak a little bit about your coaching? Uh, just let our listeners know a little bit about that. So I'm going to tell you how that got started, man. It was by 100% accident. So in 2004 or 2015, Periscope uh, had launched and Twitter had purchased them and it became this this thing. And so uh, I was actually at a friend's house for a friend's giving uh, around that time. And he's like, hey, take my phone and video me. We're, we're going to fry this turkey. I want to go on Periscope. I was like, OK. And so he's like, go on this app and just hit start broadcast. So I did. And I started seeing like these numbers come in and people like, hey, from Singapore, hey, from Europe, hey, from Texas. And I'm like, what is, you know, people are commenting, they're asking questions. I'm telling him, he's like, oh, that's such and such from Europe. Tell him I. And so he's like, man, you got to check this app out. So I I got I downloaded it and I was just watching people for the most part. And then I decided to go on and just kind of do a part, do a video on. Uh, my e-commerce business because I, I have an, an eBay business as well, and so I did this one where I had I had like 200 iPhones that had came in on the shipment, and I was like, hey, uh, my iPhones came in, let's check the quality, let's check it, and before I knew it, I had all these people that were joining my pro- my, my broadcast, and they were asking me like, hey, do you do classes? Do you do one-on-one coaching? I was like, coaching? No classes. I'm not an instructor. I don't do that. Like, what do you mean? You know. And before I knew it, I kept having people ask me about it. So um, finally, I was like, "Okay, people keep asking to give me money to teach them stuff. I need to like look at this. 
So I took a step back and I started following this guy. His name was Kelly James. He was a sales coach. And uh, I started following him and he was talking about coaching. So I was like, finally, after I followed him for a while and several others, I was I was like more like this guy knows what he's doing. So I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I've got a really odd question. I know you teach sales coaches, you teach existing coaches, but I'm wondering, would you consider teaching me how to be a coach? <laughs> and I remember he wrote me back on Facebook. He's like, you know, I've never had that question asked to me before. Can you give me a day or two to think about it? Because I've never done this. And so he wrote me back about a day later and he's like, yeah, sure. I, you know, I teach you how to be a coach. And so I learned from him, you know, how to structure my sessions, what, what a coaching session is, how to do courses, what platforms to use. And then um, I introduced my first course, how to build an eBay business. I had 26 people sign up for that class. And I remember I had it at $97. I was like, well, it's 67 at first. Then I went to 97 and one of the guys that um, was doing Periscope and doing class, he's like, that class is way too valuable. Take it down now. And I was like, wow, I'm just watching. He's like, take it down. I was like, okay, what do you want me to do now? He's like, put the class at 300. Guys, I got goosebumps. I was like, if you're going to pay me $300 to teach them about eat, are you serious? He's like, trust me, put the class at $300. I did what he told me to do. 26 people signed up in two days. And it generated over $6,000 in over 48 hours. I was like, whoa, this thing is like for real. And so um, I did that class and I had all these people lined up to want to do it again. And then so I started working on like structuring the class a lot better. And as I was going live on broadcast, I would go live and I was like, hey, let's trade some stocks today. And I'll be trading stocks or, hey, let's go and do this. And they're like, hey, could you do a class on this? Hey, could you do a class on that? And so then I built my my website, Wellstream Academy, where now I have all these courses out there on e-commerce and stocks, investing and stuff like that. And um, teaching people how to get into coaching, teaching people how to get into broadcasting. And it's been um, it's been four years and it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, the businesses have been growing hand over foot. Uh, it's become its own six-figure business, and it's allowed me to do a lot more in the area of real estate and, and other areas of business because it's really a stream of income I never planned for. Uh, I never really looked at doing, and it's probably one of the most convenient streams of incomes that I have. Um, so it's been very, very well, and I'm, I'm very blessed to, to have it and have this audience for it. Did you know most of your favorite entertainers, gurus, and entrepreneurs have life coaches? Well, we combine our financial knowledge, UC Davis coaching certification and experience paying off six figures worth of debt to assist couples in taking their finances to the next level. To schedule a coaching call, email us at blackmarrieddebtfree at gmail.com or direct message us on any of our social media platforms. Now, now George, I wanted to ask a follow-up question. Uh, in regards to coaching, you know, we do coaching and we, we, we partner with uh, people to help, you know, achieve their financial goals. What we have seen is that a lot of times people don't know when a coach is necessary. Sometimes they, they're hesitant. Have you come across that that in dealing with people also? Every time. And, and let me tell you something to and, and, and this is a small this is a small part. But to be fair to the individuals who are like considering coaching, you have so many people throwing stuff out at them, like, hey, I've got this course to do this, I've got this course to do that, and you can get kind of overwhelmed. So what I normally tell people is, you know, stop following everybody or stop like listening to everybody. Find someone that you connect with, who you resonate with, and who just may, you know, who who, who triggers that, that, that ump in you and connect with them. And I think that coaching is something that people should, should 
always want to consider doing when they want to level up or when they want to go to another place in their life. Um, I'll be the first to tell you before I got into coaching, I thought it was a joke. Why would you want someone who, because all I knew about was life coaching. I was like, why would you need someone to coach you through life? Like that that was my mindset. And um, so I saw uh, a guy named Ryan Roy, who was a life coach who went live um, and was helping people live on this thing called scope train. And he was a life coach or he is a life coach. And he was like helping people live through their problems. And you saw people crying and breaking down and coming out with stuff like live on. And it was just amazing to me. So I feel that people should always consider coaching as something that uh, if it's something that's in your budget and something that uh, you feel very strongly about going to the next level, whether it's in your finances, your business, your life, your relationship, it is always always a reason to get and invest into coaching. Coaching has literally transformed my whole life financially, spiritually, in so many different ways because, you know, it's, you know, it's just like sports. We're couch GMs. We like to say, hey, you, you need to make this move. You need to make that move. Sometimes when you're, you know, whenever they're in that room making those decisions, they're not seeing some of the things that we're seeing. It's the same thing with coaching. It's just like when you're on the sidelines and you see a guy that's you know, getting just beat every time. You're like, okay, hey, you're going to go in for him because you can keep up with him athletically. A coach can see things that you can't see. Some people, and even myself included, always thinks that we know what's best for us. And in some cases that is true, but there's nothing like someone saying, hey, you've got potential in this area or over here. I think you need to look in this direction. Or, hey, you've been doing good with your finances, but if you can eliminate this and this, and you can take that extra six hours a day that you have available and maybe find like a $15 an hour Costco job, you can eliminate this much debt and you're gonna be able to have this much more disposable income. Having someone being able to tell you that and, and, and really draw it up for you to where you're like, oh wow, I like how that looks. It changes everything because if you don't see it, you can't. you don't know how it looks. If you can't see the back of your head, you don't know if you edged it up good or not. But if somebody comes behind, it's like, you know what? You need to go a little bit over here. You need to clean that. Okay, now it looks good. Right. You know, so you, I think that it's always necessary to have someone um, in your corner from a coaching perspective in an area that you're trying to strengthen at all times. Right. Coaching is so powerful. And yes. like I've worked with a coach and in doing so, my income has increased. You know, I applied for jobs that I... Um, almost talk myself out of and so it's really about having someone there to to partner with you and to and to see your potential um, as you were as you were um, saying so it's certainly powerful and it's it's worth the investment and I think for a lot of people it's a challenge because a lot of people aren't familiar with what a coach is and what a coach does and I think that you broke that down like wonderfully and, and, and another thing I want to add to that too is that one of the one of the biggest things that people have to change is their mindset. I think even before you hire a coach, even if you've got the budget and you know you're going to pay this person X amount of dollars, you still need to go in there with a different mindset because you can invest into coaching, but if your mindset is still to spend whatever disposable income you have on what you want, it's not going to work. And right. of course, because you're not going to see any results after three or four months, you're going to be, hey, I'm, I don't want to be a part of this no more. I know I signed a six month commitment, but it's been three months. I haven't seen anything. Well, if you're still going with the same mindset, it's not going to work. So what I normally like to tell people is that you need to have the same mindset investing in yourself as you do in the things that you want. 
people are very, very, you know, we don't give ourselves enough credit. You know, you hear about people, oh, I can't budget or I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, disciplined enough to do that. But when someone wants to go on vacation, they're disciplined enough to save their money to go on vacation. When they want to buy a new purse or some new Jordans and they know that, hey, you know, it's going to cost me 300. I need to save $100 each check and I can get those new J's. They're dis- we're disciplined enough to do the things that we want to do. Right. right? It's right. not disciplined enough to do the things that we need to do, the things that requires us to get the things that we need. Um, that's why, you know, I heard a great uh, quote one time. People will make a way for what they want, but will beg for what they need. Mm-hmm. They will beg, hey, show, how did you get into real estate? How, you know, what did you do? They will beg for those answers. Right. But whenever it comes to taking that money to leverage into real estate, they'll go make a way for, you know, getting to that concert, getting to that the Hawaii, getting to getting that new car, getting that down payment for that new Mercedes they can't afford. But they'll want the answers from you guys. Hey, tell us how you did, how you bought that first house. Tell us how you went through that whole process. Tell us how you got your budget. Tell us how you got out of debt so well. You know, give us give us the template you use. But as soon as you put a $10 price tag on that template, people are hesitant, but they'll make a way to come up with the $500 for that down payment on that Mercedes. I'm just saying. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's a mindset shift. That's yeah. true. That is so true. Yeah. Now, George, we get a lot of questions about one of my favorite topics. So I had to ask you, real estate, uh, you know, what is going on with George Pitts and real estate? Wow. So the first property that we bought was a, uh, it used to be a duplex in Enid. And so it was a county sale. Uh, this is a little bit different from a tax lien sale. So a county sale is basically where someone has uh, the house has been confiscated by the county due to unpaid taxes. Maybe they got in some trouble. Uh, they abandoned it and they got so many notices. So the county goes in, they confiscate it, and then they have this list. And then they have this list and they say, okay, these are the properties that are available. Here's the addresses, but you can't go in. Um, and then you could put uh, silent bids on them or silent auctions on them. And then they award you that, but you have so many days to bring the house up to code. Uh, and so that was the first property that uh, me and my sister had purchased. And uh, it uh, took about 15 grand. We had to go in, change the floors. We had to remove all the cabinets, went to Home Depot, bought some new ones. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we ended up spending about 30 grand total for the house and the, uh, the fix up. And, you know, that rents at six something now. And, um, you know, the second one that, that, that we ended up doing was here um, in, in the city that I'm in now. And uh, it was an investor that bought it for 13,000. They went in and fixed it up and added a lot of stuff and it valued at 60 and we got it for 50. And, and so that one's renting. But one of the things that I absolutely love about real estate is that it's, it's very consistent. People always need a place to live. People are always gonna need a place to live. Uh, I think it's very addicting because you get to do, you know, you get to pick pain. You get to decide what you want on the pain, what, what kind of floors you want. And I'm finding more and more how inexpensive it is to fix up a house and make it look immaculate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really addicted to it. Um, I'm looking at, uh, I want to go into the multi-unit um, type of area, but uh, you know, I'm loving it right now. Um, it's the best decision I think I've ever made. And, and I don't think people understand how accessible real estate is. You right. can go into a rental property for the same price you pay for a car payment. Yeah. You know, if you go and look at a, a at a mortgage calculator, a fifty thousand dollar property over fifteen years will cost you what four fifty five hundred dollars. Over thirty years, it drops to about 
you know, 350, something like that. So, but it rents for six or $700 because you always pay a premium um, to, to rent. And so uh, I just don't think people understand how accessible real estate really is. I didn't, I always thought you gotta have thousands of dollars. You get your 15%, you're ready to roll. But after I learned from you guys about doing the reverse mortgage for the line of credit, uh, you know, we have a lot of equity in this house that we built a ton. And so we're considering doing that and buying five properties. Um, so it's it's a lot going on right now. I'm really excited about, but because there's so many different avenues to get into real estate and it's, it's a very, very consistent um, cash flow stream and industry, right. I don't know why anyone won't do it. You know, I just, I, I don't understand it. I love it. I love it. Now, George, did you say that you and your sister partnered to, mm -hmm. to obtain real estate? Mm -hmm. It was her idea. What? <laughs> listen, That's listen. wonderful. That's so, wonderful. Me and my sister, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but she's all uh, she's younger than me. It's just it's always just been me and my sister, but she is so much more fearless than I am. You know, my mom and my grandmother would tell you guys stories like I would always have to see her do it first before I did it. When it came to riding go karts, you know, I was scared, and she was going, she was zipping around the go kart thing. They said, "Look at your sister; she's younger than you." Uh, whenever it came to getting on uh, elevators, I hated elevators. So my grandma would always take the stairs with me and my mom and my sister would take the elevator and stuff. And so she's always, my, my sister's a, a, a great entrepreneur. Um, you know, she she has a club. She uh, puts on all these big events and, you know, um, she does really well. She's an entrepreneur as well. I, I never really realized how much of an entrepreneur my sister was until we got older. Uh, but yeah, she's like, hey, they got these houses here. This is county sale. You need to come here. We need to buy this, these properties. They're all over this street. All the whole neighborhood is wide open. I was like, what? Really? Whatever. So I drove there. Sure enough, this whole neighborhood, there's vacant houses everywhere. They had all these winterization signs. Don't enter. This house has been winterized, blah, 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 blah. It was like 50 houses. It was like a ghost. It's like a ghost neighborhood. <laughs> and, we did it, and so um, we're actually, it's funny you said that, because we're actually supposed to be meeting up this week to talk about possibly going and buying some more. So um, yeah, that's 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 how, that was my first soiree tour was with my sister. I love that, and I, I wish that more families would do that. I know that we did an interview a few weeks ago, Kyra Shea Medley, right. she did, she's a hairline, but she talked about how the family like really pull together to really invest in her and her vision. And I think that I, I wish that more families would do that, you know, especially when it comes to like real estate. I mean, this is a, a great example in real estate. I mean, that can stay in your, your family for, for generations. And I just really love how you two, you know, linked up to, to get a start in real estate. And clearly you all have hit the ground running. I think that's awesome. What you said is so powerful. I mean, just think how much, how many generations real estate can stay into a house or into a, into a, uh, a, a family. Um, we recently got some letters uh, from a trust out of the same town that we were in. This family had 26 properties in this trust. The, the parents had died or the grandparents and the family wanted nothing to do with them. So they basically sent out this letter to all the landlords in this city and said, hey, you know, these are the 26 properties that are available. These are the addresses. They've all got tenants in them, but they're all for sale. The family just wants to get rid of them. And they had these houses, guys, since like the 50s, 60s. 
it was crazy. And wow. it was just like they kept buying houses over the years. And I remember seeing that and I was thinking, wow, that is crazy. Because if you think about it, if you got five people in your family to put 10 grand up, even five, like even if you just wanted to, you know, buy a property like half price and then fix it up, even if they put in five grand, that's $25,000, you know, towards, you know, here in Oklahoma, you can buy, you know, turnkey properties that are ready to go livable for 40, 50,000. Real estate's really cheap here. Um, and then you just, you all go in, you know, everybody paints, everybody, you know, rips up the floors and maybe stains, you know, we all watch the YouTube videos and figure it out together. I mean, just think of how powerful that would be. You could literally, I mean, you, we see it on TV all the time, fixer up, right. fix and flip in Dallas, fix and flip, all these families coming in and fixing stuff up. It's like, why can't we do that? I mean, right. that, you're seeing it every day. Like we watch these shows every day and nobody's getting the light bulb like, we could do that. It's just like, right. oh, so good. Work. They do such good work. Oh, they work so well together. I just love them. You know, I love how they, why can't we do it? You know? Um, and so it's just powerful what you said. You know, it, real estate's a generational thing. Absolutely. Houses don't just, you know, die off. Right? You know, right. like they get burned to the ground. You know, there's houses that were built in the 20s and 30s still going strong today. Uh, and, you know, it's just if we can get together and become stronger more, we could we could do some incredible things because we're not getting any more land. This right. is all the land we get. This is it. <laughs> George, I think that's great, man. And kind of the theme of this whole conversation is encouraging people to pretty much stop being scared. You know, if it's real estate, if it's uh, monetizing a, a talent, we're, you know, encouraging you to go out and do that. So. George, if there's someone out there that has an idea or has something that they can that can be monetized and they just don't know how to start or what to do, what is one piece of advice you would give them? The the first piece of advice I would give you is that uh, you want to just begin. And so I know that sounds very cliche, but let's say that you want to start a food truck. Start, you know, if you don't have the money right now to build that to, to get that truck, start researching what money you need to get to do it. Right. Find out what, you know, what type of truck people are getting. Are they turning buses into these things? What are they doing? Go to call your, it doesn't cost you anything to call your state or local government and find out what are the food and, and beverage qualifications to run a food truck? What kind of licenses do I have to have? What kind of sanitation? It doesn't cost you anything to start a menu. It doesn't cost you anything to, to, to decide what ingredients you need. It doesn't cost you anything to go and find a, you know, find a list of suppliers. My thing is start taking the steps now because as you start to achieve different goals and you start to get clarity on what it takes to actually do it, you'll realize it's really not all that bad. The thing about it is that we're because we, you know we fear the unknown, but we fear something that's literally not as deep as we think it is. You know, it's just like a kid that is scared to get into shallow water because they don't know how deep it goes and they realize it only goes to their waist. If we actually start taking steps to monetize the vision and the things that we want to do, you'll realize you're more, you're a lot more closer than it is. You know, you'll realize, oh, Facebook Marketplace Craigslist, there's this church giving away their, their buses because they're getting new ones. I could go and get one. Um, there's, you know, there's this guy that turns, uh, you know, these type of buses into a food truck for $7,000. So now, you know, I need seven grand and I got someone that's going to do all the work for me and bring it up to code. So, you know, okay, if you got, you know, you got 24 hours in the day, if you work eight hours a day, you got 16 hours left. 
average sleep a person needs to have optimal energy is six to eight hours. So that leaves you with eight hours a day after you sleep and work to do something. You could go and pick up a second job at Costco. They pay $15 an hour, 7-Eleven on cue, $14, $15 an hour. People can't be too proud to go out and work towards the dream that they want to have because I'd rather go give Costco or OnQ or any of these places six months of my time to get six years plus of freedom and, and everything away from doing stuff for everyone um, because I want my vision so bad. So my, my advice to you is start taking steps towards what that looks like. If you know that you're wanting to go and start a food truck, if you know you want to go start a coaching business, what tools do you need? What kind of coaching uh, niche do you want to get into? Who is your ideal client? What What is their biggest problem? Uh, how old are they? What's their age group? Are they married? Do they got kids? Do they got a dog? Are they educated? You know, just start taking the steps and you'll realize how close you are. And then once you see everything that you got out is okay, I need this, I need this, this is how much it's gonna cost me. Bam, work towards it. You know, some people think it's $100,000 to build a business and you realize you only need seven grand. Let's go, you know, so that's what I would say. That's amazing. Sometimes, like, me and Shara will be, you know, interviewing a guest, and it's just so much meat on the bone. We're just kind of just, like, (laughs) just sitting here taking it in. So thank you so much for all these nuggets. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. We we learned so much um, on the podcast and doing um, these interviews. But before we get out of here, George, can you please let everyone know where they can find you and where they can connect with you? Yeah, so um, I'm on all social media platforms uh, at George Pitts Co. George P I T T S C O. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, soon to be YouTube. Uh, you know, I go live on Periscope more often, but I post it a little bit more active on Instagram. So I'll be going live on Instagram a little more often. Uh, so you can find me there. Um, my website is revamped. Uh, we're launching it tomorrow, georgepitsco.com. We changed some branding stuff up. Uh, a lot of great things coming. And if you're interested in some of the classes that we talked about, you can visit my online school, wellstreamacademy.com. Uh, we've got a ton of courses out there on investing, on e-commerce, on um, you name it. There's something out there for, for, for everybody. So uh, that's what we do. And we're just, you know, we're, we're just following the vision that God given us, which is to educate the people because, you know, um, knowledge is power. And, right. uh, you know, we're, we're here. To, we're, we're here for it. We're here to give it. We truly appreciate you being on the podcast. So we're signing off and we'll holler at you guys later. Peace. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and rate this particular podcast on whatever platform you're streaming this. Rate this five stars, write great reviews, anything that you can do to help us. We really, truly appreciate it. All right. So for Black, Married and Debt Free, this is Marcus Murray signing off until next time. All right. I'll let you guys later. Peace.